Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin, and I welcome you as we dive into God's Word and our faith to help us through these time trying times. I hope that you'll find something of value here, whether or not you're a member of a church or faith community. And this week, I'm going to talk about how important it is to trust God and to develop a sense of trust in other people and institutions that play an important role in our lives. Developing trust is important to living in relationship with other people and respecting the feelings and beliefs of others. I begin with a reading from Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Here ends the reading. Pick up any piece of U.S. currency, and you will find the words, In God we trust, emblazoned on it somewhere. We become so accustomed to these words that they usually go unnoticed. This motto was first stamped on the U.S. two-cent piece in 1865 in reaction to the American Civil War. In 1956, In God We Trust was established as the official U.S. motto by an act of Congress. Although freedom of religion and religious diversity have been present since the beginning of the American experiment, Americans from the Founding Fathers on felt ultimately dependent upon God and trusted that God would continue to bless them and establish them in the new nation. They saw God's hand at work in their lives to shape their destiny. The ability to trust is essential for all human beings. As our verse from Proverbs state, we can't always rely on our own ways and wits. In order to survive and thrive, we need to be able to be in trusting relationships with other people, and sometimes institutions, and ultimately God. I'm no expert in these matters, but I think that our ability to trust comes from our earliest experiences with our parents. From the moment we were thrust out into the world, and placed on our mother's breast, we learned that there are people upon whom we can trust, upon whom we can rely. I have noticed lately that we have a trust problem in America. We distrust people from other countries or people who have a different skin color. We distrust sources of authority, even our own government. There's certainly been a loss of trust with news media and those we tune, turn to for sources of information. We question academic authorities and scientists, and even the scientific process itself. More and more, we are relying on our own insights and hunches because we don't find anyone else to be trustworthy. Now, there may well be reasons that we lose trust in others, but life without trust is full of anxiety, fear, and uncertainty. When we greet every person and every situation with suspicion, we spend most of our time evaluating the motives of the people with whom we come into contact. I've noticed that this is not only true of our relationships with strangers, we become less trusting of our family and friends. 
Our loss of trust is isolating us more and more from others who don't strictly adhere to our beliefs and our understanding of how the world works. And this is no way to live a happy and fulfilling life. The Apostle Paul addressed a community in Corinth in ancient Greece where people were pitted one against the other. They didn't trust each other. Paul wrote, Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and same purpose. It has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. When we no longer trust one another, divisions naturally arise among us. And you can see how sharply Paul condemned such divisions among the Corinthians. He disowned them. Now, I'm going to get personal in order to look at how trust might help alleviate some of our fears and help us function better as individuals, living together in a civilized society through difficult times. These are my own personal views, and you'll probably find some that resonate with your way of thinking and some that you totally disagree with. The objects of trust that I'm going to examine are in no particular order and certainly not in order of importance, except that I will save the ultimate object of our trust, God, for last. First, I trust the American system of government. Winston Churchill once said, Democracy is the worst form of government, except for all the others. That's a sentiment I can appreciate. Governments by nature impinge to some degree or another on individual freedoms. But some forms of government authority is necessary at the point where individual interests run up against the interests of the public. The only alternative to government is anarchy, which rejects the existence of any authority over the individual. Anarchy inevitably results in disorder and mob rule, which are almost universally unacceptable in civilized societies. Religious leaders throughout the past, while citing God as the ultimate authority, have acknowledged the necessity of worldly powers to preserve order. Martin Luther, in his small catechism, quotes Paul in justifying obeying secular authorities. He says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those authorities that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. I trust the American form of government because it was designed to preserve individual freedoms while balancing them with the public good. This was achieved by creating a three-branch government, including the legislative, executive, and judicial. That's Civics 101. Ideally, these branches of government provide checks and balances to prevent any interest group from imposing its will upon others. This kind of government 
in action is messy business. One of Abraham Lincoln's famous quotes echoes Churchill. Lincoln said, You can please some of the people some of the time, all of the people some of the time, some of the people all of the time, but you can never please all of the people all the time. One of the reasons that I trust the American form of government is that it enshrines the freedom of the individual in the Bill of Rights. Most important is the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or of the right of people peacefully to assemble, and to petition the government for redress of grievances. I trust the American form of government because it provides me with the right and the duty to state my opinions freely and to protest strongly when I see wrongs being committed. When you and I disagree with or protest the actions of the government, we're not disrespecting the U.S. Constitution. We are upholding and honoring it. Now, you may find my form of or, or the content of my protest offensive, and that's your right. The other great remedy that our form of government provides is the ability of the public to replace its leaders through the power of the vote. In the Broadway play Hamilton, when King George of England finds out that George Washington was leaving office as president and that a new president would be elected, he says, I wasn't aware that was something a person could do. Monarchical power was ultimate, permanent, and sanctioned by God himself. Our form of government changed all that, and that's why it deserves our trust. I also trust reason and natural science. Human civilization and progress would be impossible were it not for the existence of reason and the natural sciences. Scientific knowledge is constantly growing and providing us with new insights and abilities. The body of scientific knowledge not only grows, it changes over time. Scientific ideas and principles are constantly being challenged and changed. Change comes fast in the world of science. When I was in high school, we learned a model of the basic architecture of matter, matter that pictured discrete particles called atoms that looked like miniature solar systems with electron planets orbiting a solid nucleus made up of protons and neutrons. This model served us well and allowed us to develop the discipline of chemistry, which in itself led to the development of thousands of compounds upon which we rely. It allowed us to synthesize plastics and other miracles of science. The model worked. By the time I was in college, however, physicists had developed the field of quantum mechanics. New subatomic particles were discovered. Now, instead of describing matter as chunks of stuff, scientists began to talk of waves of energy and mathematical probabilities functioning in ways that I can't understand. The ability to translate these theories into real-world processes that unleashed the power of the atom in the atomic bomb was proof enough for me that those smart women, men and women scientists know what they're talking about. The inability of people like you and me who don't hold advanced degrees in mathematics or physics 
makes science and scientists subject to the skepticism of the people. The ready availability of all kinds of information through the wonder of the Internet, itself a product of scientific innovation, makes us who are not experts vulnerable to false claims as well as having access to sound scientific discoveries. It leaves us with the question, what is the truth? Who holds the truth? Well, here's where trust comes in again. No scientist exists on his or her own. They are part of the academy and well-established scientific communities. Legitimate scientists work in a realm where their ideas and hypotheses are subject to constant peer review. Some ideas rise and some fall. Some hold sway for a period of time only to be replaced by more productive and accurate ideas. Science is based on constantly challenging and revising itself. That's not a weakness, nor does it discredit science. This process is at the heart of its creative power. I trust science, the scientific method, and scientists who are part of the academy. Not having devoted my life to a field of scientific research, I limit the trust in my own abilities to the discernment of what scientific voices speak from positions of well-established authority. I keep an open mind, but at some point I have to trust others who are smarter in certain fields of knowledge than I am. And finally, ultimately, I trust God. The final object of my trust I will deal with the most briefly. God is the ground of my being. God is the source of my confidence in all things. Let me state my creed in terms of trust. I trust that God created all things and is still at work in creation, creating order out of chaos. I trust that God expressed his loving care for me by sending his son Jesus Christ into the world to save me. And I trust that the Holy Spirit of God dwells within me and around me to sustain me and everyone and everything else in all creation. I trust that God is working through human governments and scientific communities toward the establishment of the kingdom of God. And only with the establishment of God's kingdom will trust become unimportant because all of us and all things will live in peace and harmony. This is the vision at the end of the book of Revelations. See now, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, they will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. Until that day, as hard as it may be for us to do so, we must learn to trust. And by the way, I trust other people. I trust that my neighbor's heart is good and true. And when I get to know my neighbor, I find that I'm seldom disappointed in that. I trust that our government is working for the welfare of all people. I trust that our government and civil authorities will work toward greater and greater racial justice and harmony. And I trust that our government expressing the will of the people, my will, will prudently exercise its power to bring us through the challenges of the COVID pandemic. I believe that the generations of scientific and medical inquiry that preceded us 
will find the cure to this and other horrible diseases. But most of all, I trust that God will stand with us through it all. And that is why we say, in God we trust. Amen. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.